everybody. This is Dr. Bill Janishak on the Conquering Stress podcast, special edition. I can't even talk. I guess maybe we should edit the um, <laughs> special edition. Um, so we're in March 2020, and right now uh, we're in California, and this is we're had in the lockdown, and there's just been a lot of panic and misinformation in the in the streets and going on, and so. I was thinking, I've had a lot of people ask me about, well, what do you do? Aren't you afraid? Blah, blah, blah. There's run on toilet paper. And I was mm-hmm. thinking, I'm going, okay, we just need to get our heads together. And then I, I'm going, this is what we need to do. We need to get out some real good information. And I started going through my Rolodex. I don't even know if it's called Rolodex anymore, but those, for, for those people under 50, uh, that's the, those little cards where you can tell who your friends are. And, um, so I'm going through and, and I said, I, I know all these people that have different expert, you know, views on this from different angles. And I said, let's just get people out. So one of the first ones that I, I popped to was, uh, Dr. Robert McDonald. Um, for those of you that haven't heard of him, like he's one of the the founding fathers of neuro-linguistic programming. And through that and everything else that he's done, he's created his own, it's called the destination method. And Robert, how many books have you read or read? <laughs> how many books have you written? Well, I co-authored a couple of them. One, NLP, the new technology of achievement, one of the first books, the best-selling book in NLP now for a long, long time. And, and I did that with Stephen Connie Ray Andreas. And then, I also co-authored um, Tools of the Spirit, the first book on NLP and spirituality uh, ever written. Uh, that's with Robert Diltz, who is the, he's now the fountain of neurolinguistic programming. So he, he's been doing a lot. So we, he's an author. He's been in 19 countries. He's, he's always getting kicked out of this one to go to um, teach his expertise in uh, Europe. Holland's a big, big thing. So... Um, you're director over at the Center of New Medicine for the psychological healing? Yeah, at the Center for New Medicine in Irvine, I was the, the founder and the director um, of the spiritual and um, wellness program, mental and spiritual wellness program. I created it and presented it there for many years, actually, to help people address um, underlying issues to illness, such as cancer. There's a large oncology unit there at the Center for New Medicine. It's a world-famous center run by Dr. Learen Keneally. And I was there for quite a while, of course, working with people who were suffering from cancer and the attendant issues and and also the issues that occur in advance, which is stress. Tremendous stress. Yeah, that's kind of the the key. So we, we definitely have an expert in here. And at first I'm thinking, well, we got to get some stuff about a microbiologist and stuff. And I thought to myself, I said, you know what? The first thing that we have to get out is, is controlling people's mind. And, uh, Roberts and Lizette, his wonderful wife has presented classes in my office, um, with amazing results. I, we could go on hours and I could just tell stories about that, but I want to kind of address, well, first of all, your take on this whole thing. What do you what do you think about this pandemic and everything that we're going through? Well, I think uh, you know the flu does happen. We, we typically there's a flu that comes each year 
throughout the United States and it kills thousands and thousands of people, but not, not advertised so much. But this one, uh, the coronavirus is being advertised because it's new and um, people are wondering what's going to happen. And of course it can be frightening. Uh, unless, in fact, anything can be frightening. The whole point in my opinion is what can be done about it right now the only thing that's being said that can be done about it to address the coronavirus uh, for the individual person is, uh, particularly those who are over 60 years old, stay at home, um, social distancing, wash their hands, cleanliness, disinfect as much as possible, and um, just basically stay away from anybody who might have uh, the virus. But there's nothing that's being said about what are the consequences of, of televisions, um, news media, and much more? People are talking about it all the time and talking about it as uh, so deadly and frightening. What's the, what are the consequences of that? And what can we do about the underlying issues, which, which is fear? Um, you know, there's been a lot of um, investigation research about stress and the immune system. And the immune system, of course, is compromised. It's reduced in its ability when a person is afraid, when, there, when there's fear, when there's hatred, when, when, when there is this terrible emotional stress. It affects the way that our bodies function. And a lot of people don't think that the body has anything to do with the mind, but it's really just because nobody's been teaching them. But the mind actually does dramatically impact the body. So right now, as I'm talking, I can make sure that my body temperature rises or lowers depending upon what I think about. I can increase my, uh, my uh, blood pressure by thinking. I, I've, in fact, I've done that. I take my blood pressure often and I can lower it and I can raise it depending upon what I'm thinking. So it is quite so that our thoughts dramatically impact our bodies and what we're thinking about now, what's needed now, as far as I can tell, is a strong immune system, which is always needed when we, to rely on our immune system. So, so what's, going, what's going on with the people is, is fear is getting in the way of that. While people are well-intended, talking about all these statistics, they're well-intended, they're trying to help people get a handle on it, take it seriously. Uh, nonetheless, when the more that fear is, out there it's its own infection it's it's a, like what what robert Dilch used to call a thought virus and it goes on and on and spreads from person to person and people become increasingly afraid and i believe that this is precisely what it's one of the things that we can do i'm in favor of washing my hands and taking care to make sure i'm if i'm around somebody who's coughing and so on to pay attention to that and there is a reality to my body there's a reality to infectious disease but I need to notice that my body is a reality. My body has an immune system. How about strengthening it? And one of the ways to strengthen it is to address fear and the stress that comes out of fear. This, I think, is of paramount importance, really, Dr. Bill. It's to be deeply important, how to be calm and have peace of mind in the presence of all of this fear that's now pretty much everywhere in the nation. So when you have something, because I, a thousand percent agree with you and actually you're an expert so i would if i didn't i would start um mm. because you're the you're the man when it comes to this and you know i have a background in nlp 
I mm -hmm. think a lot and I try to control my own emotions and I teach that to, to my patients as well for the general public. And so this is going out to people that may not have had any background. Um, this may be the first time somebody's actually hearing that their thoughts actually have an impact on their immune system and they're in the middle of fear. They, they, They've just heard, just like I, I, I was just talking to you off air before this, I, I was accidentally watching the news because I won't watch it on purpose. And I heard this music come on and it was dun, dun, dun. And I looked up and it's a news show and it says pandemic in the corner. And then the, the reporter comes out, this just in. Mm -hmm. oh, pandemic across the world. And, and they're coming in and they're telling you what to believe. Now, I recognize that as programmed because yeah. it's, it's shocking me and it's telling me, and because I could recognize it, you know, my shields went up into going, okay, cancel, cancel. I can't believe they're doing this. But what about the person that hasn't really been exposed to the thought process, and this is the first time, what can they do, like, immediately to, to like, realize your thought is it just as simple as realizing wait a minute i'm in fear and stepping back and writing something down just thinking about it having a better conversation what do you think well it has i think what has to be done is a person each person has to find their own way to be convinced it's to reality test how do i know that my emotional life is a, is impacting and my physical life, my mental life creates my emotional life. My emotional life uh, impacts my physical life. How do I go about um, uh, changing that? I must come to some reality check. What, so many years ago, uh, I was uh, interested to know, well, is it possible that thoughts can change the body at all? So somebody claimed that that was possible. And uh, I got a hold of one of these old time, this old school, this is many, many years ago, one of these little tiny thermometers that salespeople used to give out. And I held a whole, got a hold of the thermometer, it had mercury inside of it, and it showed 98.6. And then I just began to think, just think about my hand being inside of a glove and the glove being inside of a larger glove and then that being inside of an oven. And pretty soon the temperature went up. I actually controlled the temperature of my hand and it was, it was measured by the thermometer. So, so I got convinced, and I, I think it's important that, that people don't, you know, have their minds so open that their brains fall out. It's like, okay, let's find out. Is this so? Is it possible? Uh, if we look into Chinese medicine, for years I would hear people talk about Chinese medicine and certain kinds of ideas about lung disease. You know, like this uh, coronavirus is supposed to uh, impact the lungs uh, with, of people, perhaps creating uh, pneumonia. Well, uh, the Chinese uh, medicine was talking about lung uh, issues oftentimes are related to grief or loss. And I was thinking, is that true? Is that so? How will I go about knowing that? What's, what's my reality check? Well, I began to do years of work with people grieving. In fact, I, during my undergraduate work in psychology and then my master's in psychology, I decided that I would study grief. I, I wrote my master's thesis on grief, survivors of suicide. And I wanted to find out what, what, uh, what kinds of issues did the people who were grieving have? Well, I have, as a, as a coach, I've, as you mentioned, I've 
taught this worldwide for many years. I've worked with thousands and thousands and thousands of people, and many of whom have had grief. And it's in, invariable. When I talk with somebody who's grieving, uh, they start talking to me about something having to do with their lungs. So, well, isn't that interesting? That's happened. Huh. It began to dawn on me. Well, so thoughts, the idea of, of loss, which grief is a, an emotional reaction to a perception of loss, when the person says, oh, well, I have this lung. I didn't realize I had this lung issue going on. So, well, what if we resolve the grief? What if we, what if we, if we're able to resolve the grief, do you think it will have an impact on the lungs? And sure enough, it does. Now, most people don't know how, in fact, the vast majority of, of psychotherapists and counselors and coaches don't know how to resolve grief. In fact, many people believe it's impossible to resolve grief. But I've been helping people to resolve grief for many, many years. It is possible. You just have to know how. And when that happens, the person tends to get better and their lungs tend to, to clear up. So it's like, oh, it's what is my reality check? That's what I'm trying to say. It's like, what can a person do? The, the first thing a person can do is start to consider, to think, is it true that when I get really, really angry, that I feel the anger somewhere in my body? It's not just, a, it's not just some sort of thing out in the sky. I feel the anger somewhere in my body. Maybe somebody feels anger in the back of their neck or in their jaws, or maybe they feel it in their stomach. But somewhere they feel it. There's, an emotion, there's a physiological feeling somewhere in the body. It's the same way with grief. Grief is felt in the chest. It's like a concavity, concavity or, or indentation, a sense of emptiness in the chest. That's worldwide. That's not just one individual. That's the way that it is. Well, a person who feels uh, frightened tends to have a feeling of fear somewhere in their body. I don't know exactly where for everybody. It doesn't seem to be some in particular place like grief and, and uh, chest. But when a person has a feeling of fear, if they'll just take a moment, well, where in my body do I feel this feeling? It's actually a, a, a knowable feeling. Once they understand this, they can say, oh, then my thoughts are creating my fear. My fear is creating this feeling in my body. Doesn't it make sense that my thoughts, which create the fear, can have impact my immune system? Well, of course. A person who is, quote, run down. What do they mean when somebody who's run down? They say, well, they're, they're, if they're talking in immunological uh, words, they would say, oh, well, this person's immune system is somehow compromised by the stress they're under. What stress? Could be physical stress. They didn't get any sleep for three days. Uh, they've been running a marathon or something. The immune system is engaged in addressing and defending the body uh, from something else. And then they're, they're compromised and they're more likely to have to catch cold, let's say, for example. But what if, they're, what if they're, the need then is to strengthen the immune system? What, what if that's important? I have to first have a reality check. Is it possible that my immune system is a real system. It real works. It really works. And it defends my body from viruses and, and from bacteria and so on. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's buy that. And they go, okay. And under what conditions is it compromised? Well, stress, worry, fear. So what needs to be done in order to strengthen my immune system? Certainly I have to do physiological things like have an appropriate diet and exercise and get uh, the necessary um, vitamins and minerals in my body. Certainly those things are true. That's right. And go outside and get the sunshine and get sufficient vitamin D from that. Yeah, that's true. But 
that those physical things like diet and exercise and cleanliness and all that that has to be done to to strengthen the body and not not uh, overburden the immune system but what about the emotional life the mental life what can be done there the unconscious mind another way to talk about the immune system is it's unconscious we don't know we don't have direct contact with the immune system we just notice the consequences the immune system is compromised and i'm more likely to catch cold. I've noticed in my personal life that if I have a, a, a period of time where I'm confused, it's like I'm going, oh, I don't know, how do I make sense of this? It's like, how do I make sense of whatever it might be? Some issue I'm having with the work I'm doing or my relationship with Luzette or in the world or what the world's doing or whatever, it's confusion. I, I'm confused, I'm torn apart. I have these different kinds of conflicting ideas and thoughts, I've noticed that if I have a lot of confusion, there's a greater likelihood that I'll have, I'll catch a, the common cold. It's so interesting to me. So that when I, so much so that whenever I have a sense of, oh, I'm, I'm in this confused place, I go, well, it's time to take better care of myself. It's time to take better care of myself. It's a sign that it's, oh, this, if I allow this confusion to last for very long and I don't take care of it, it can end up with my immune system being compromised and I catch the common cold and that's annoying and frustrating. But now we're talking about something that's more than simply annoying, a, a potentially deadly flu. So, oh, okay, but the same principle is there. Do you Let's believe that, that it, it can be a self-fulfilling prophecy? So oh, yeah. if in, we talked briefly before about like a collective consciousness and everything. I don't think I want to get ahead of myself, but because we start thinking the thoughts, we start driving our bodies down and that's leaving us where we were perfectly healthy before driving the immune system down to now you're making yourself susceptible. Oh yeah. Yeah. This uh, self-fulfilling prophecy might, uh, might one way to think about it is I start to believe that if I go outside and it's cold, I'll catch a cold. I start believing that there's no evidence to support that, but I start believing it, and, uh, and, then, and then my friends believe it, and then it's on television, and then the whole human communication is about, oh, well, you know, stay out of a draft. You know, the draft's going to cause you to have a, uh, a head cold. So, well, no, actually, it doesn't do that. You, you go walk in the snow and not catch cold in bare feet. So, oh. I always notice that Eskimos don't have, get, get the colds every winter. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> We've got this consciousness stuff going on, so, well, what can we do about that? One, pay attention to it. So the first thing's first, pay attention and ask, is it so, is it true? Do, must I get sick here? Or is there some other way? That's the first things. And then when a person comes to the conclusion, you know, I really don't want to, what is it that I, what can I do then? What can I actually, what activity can I engage in to strengthen my immune system. And one of the fundamental things I do to strengthen my immune system has to do with conflict integration uh, in that you know, conflict. Explain that because like I said, most of the people walking around here aren't gonna be um, exposed to this is their first time doing it. And you are mm -hmm. an absolute master. I've, I've watched you do this in, in my office on several, several occasions. Oh. Um, and it was amazing. So yeah, if you could just kind of talk, talk to the layperson about exactly what this is. 
Well, a conflict, an internal conflict, uh, all it is, is instead of having a conflict with another human being, like fighting with your mother, your father, your sister, brother, husband, wife, it's an internal fight or argument or disagreement. One part of me wants one thing, another part of me wants exactly the opposite. One part of me is afraid, the other part of me is not afraid. One part of me wants to forgive someone uh, for some wrong that they've done, and another part of me wants to never forgive but to hold that grudge. So when I'm sort of divided uh, in half, one part wants one thing, the other part wants the other, that's the act, actual definition, operational definition of conflict. I have this internal conflict. A part of me wants one thing, another part of me wants exactly the opposite of that. Conflict is very normal, very common. Uh, most everybody is having uh, some kind of a conflict much of the time. And what I notice that helps me with my immune system is to pay attention to whether or not I have a conflict and then resolve the conflict. Because once conflict is resolved, I develop and grow. I go to another level uh, of, str of strength. I strengthen myself. My unconscious mind becomes strengthened. My conscious mind strengthened. I have greater, another way to say it is, I have greater inner peace. So for example, the most, what comes to my mind now that people really need, it's being talked about now in spiritual circles is, uh, this coronavirus issue may bring up uh, our own inner struggles with stress. And if we're lucky, we'll start paying attention. Say, well, have I forgiven everyone that, um, that has harmed me? Have I? Because if, if I haven't, this, this is an opportunity to pay attention. No, this, this, this coronavirus can be an opportunity to go, well, am I at, do I have inner peace? It's, a, it's not right away, have I forgiven? It's do I have inner peace? And if I haven't forgiven one person or a hundred people, I don't have inner peace. I just don't. Inner peace is a result of forgiveness. So I go, well, well, gee, do I need to forgive somebody? Well, most people need to forgive somebody. So finding out about that and then being able to forgive that person, which is, which is the integration of the opposites. On the one hand, I want to forgive. On the other hand, I don't I want to hold the grudge. This, this produces inner peace. And I believe it's of deep consequence today. I think in general, we as a human race are being led toward greater and greater inner peace by means of uh, uh, forgiveness. And it's time, it's time. I want inner peace, I, I love inner peace. And I know that whenever I don't have inner peace, it's because I haven't forgiven either myself or another person or God or whatever it might be, I haven't forgiven something. And I'm in this conflict. Now note, remember the conflict, uh, when, I, when I'm in a confused, confused state, which is conflict state, then I tend to have this common cold. I can go, oh yeah. So underneath the common cold, underneath, uh, the immune weakening of the immune system, it seems to me that there's conflict. What we want to do is strengthen and empower ourselves. So it, it's not like power over, dominant power. It's the power of, of self-love and self-regard. It's, it's the power of having forgiven so that I have the peace of mind that comes from that. Because peace... Really, there are there are physical laws, of course, you know, like if you drop something out of an airplane far up in the sky, 
it will fall at 32 feet per second per second. There are physical laws, of course, gravity. But there's also, there are also certain kinds of mental laws and spiritual laws that are invariable. Where there's no forgiveness, there's no peace of mind. So if I want uh, to strengthen my immune system, because that's going to help me to, uh, to address things like viruses and bacteria, and that's, I want to do that, it makes sense that I pay attention to how my, my immune system can be compromised by unfinished emotional business. Just, it's just simple, just unfinished emotional business. So I have <clears throat> some forgiving to do, then a really good idea is to find somebody who knows how to help me forgive <clears throat> if I don't know how to do it myself. And it's the same with painful memories, you know, what people call trauma and PTSD and all that. So shock and trauma and internal conflict, these things compromise the immune system. They're emotional stresses. They're, they're, they're holes in our energy bucket. And the, the energy is just coming right out, on out. <laughs> what we need to do is strengthen ourselves. A deeper portion, and it's just sort of like what I, I talk about in my practice is, you know, health comes from the inside out. So yes. If we're, if, we're, if we're healthy on the inside, because if what I find in in this fear based stuff that we have going on, people are panicked because there's a a round squiggly thing that's going to come into my my arm and it's going to attack me and it's going to make me sick and like that people are going to take the last thing of toilet paper and I won't have and it's all these things on the outside that are causing them angst mm -hmm. and like I said when when we have angst or internal conflicts or we're not at inner peace then then we are in, indeed stressed and those are creating the chemicals that are keeping us unhealthy mm -hmm. and so as where i'll talk about getting your adjustments to get your nervous system going on your diet getting out just like you said the work that you do and the work that you've been doing so famously all around the world is actually deeper than that and I, I think the people in general have to understand that the fight is not out there it's not with your sanitizer and it's not with making sure that you know you don't breathe on people and you're doing social dis distancing which is all a great um, idea if you're immunocompromised but to yeah. increase your 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 immune system go in deep not even beyond what you're eating and, and who your chiropractor is and um, sunshine and everything, because you have to go in because the mind is controlling, you know, the subconscious. And so, yeah. so the work that you do is if you really want to, you, because once you're at inner peace, then you're in love and gratitude, right? Yes. Well, yeah. Gratitude. Um, is something that's a little bit beyond the inner peace. Forgiveness brings about inner peace. Um, gratitude brings about joy, actually. When a person is truly grateful, when I'm grateful, get up in the morning, I'm grateful for the sunlight, I'm grateful for the carpet I'm walking on, I'm grateful for having a home, I'm grateful for being able to eat and sleep and so on, I'm grateful for my next breath. Joy is, a, is the consequence of that, the expression of gratitude. So, yes, in, in the movement, there's an evolutionary movement, step-by-step -step kind of movement, developmental movement uh, from peace toward joy and beyond uh, joy into love. Uh, 
So uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's all part of us. I think that uh, I'm, I'm not against, uh, I'm, a, I'm the way you are. I'm very much in favor of science. Science does point out what's going on. There are such things as viruses and bacteria and stuff like that. It's also an undeniable fact that my body uh, is aging and will eventually die of something. Won't die of old age. Nobody dies of old age. They die of some sort of disease. So you go, well, well, what does that mean? That, does it mean that by changing my thoughts and forgiving everybody, I, I'll never physically die? No, it doesn't mean that. But it does mean between now and the time that my body does physically die, that I have much greater likelihood of health and a much greater likelihood of actual enjoying the time I have in life. More it has to be living. Yeah, living. Yeah, yeah. enjoying yeah. my living. I'm. I mean. Uh, living without forgiveness and without peace of mind and without joy is not fully living. So I, I might be able to survive that way. But, you know, I, I had a friend of mine who was dying many, many years ago. And uh, he was, uh, I knew him and he was dying. And uh, even on his deathbed when I was talking to him, he was talking to me with an open-hearted attitude and interest and compassion. He was alive until his body died. So it's not as though forgiving everybody in that there is and having inner peace and meditation and all that will prevent the body from dying. That's not going to happen. But what it does do is bring about uh, an enjoyment of life, the possibility of enjoying life and, and, and having every minute count and being with loved ones and feeling comfortable telling them, I love you. You're deeply important to me. I'm so grateful to know you. You know, with inner peace, with self-esteem and self-love and self-confidence, I can turn to somebody with that, when I'm done with my anger and all that stuff and I'm more, and I'm in my body with comfort and peace of mind, I can, I can open-heartedly love. And, and that love will not prevent the body from dying. It's, a, it's the same as, as uh, money. People say, if I have more money, more money, then I won't die. No. <laughs> there's no possibility of, of avoiding the appointment with death. But what do we do between now and the time we die? And so uh, I want to strengthen my immune system, and I'm hoping everybody wants to strengthen their immune system in this particular time, or any time for that matter. Well, one of the most wonderful ways to do that is uh, to have an inner life that's filled with love. As my wife says, Dr. Luzette is my wife, Luzette McDonald. She's a minister, many years, her whole life, a minister, and brilliant. And she says, look for the good, find the good, praise the good. She's my teacher of this. And why? Why should we look for the good and find the good and praise the good? Why, why do that? Gonna, but going to die anyway. It's sort of like, why make, why make any money at all? You know, I'm gonna, if I have some money, I'm going to die and not going to be able to take it with me. So I guess I won't do any work. I won't. It's like, no. It's like find out what gives your life meaning and what, what allows for happiness. And happiness comes when people are fully in aligned and fully participating. Evidence of love and evidence of ha happiness is the full participation in the face of change and impermanence and death. So how can I fully participate when I'm fighting with myself, when I haven't forgiven my mother or father or sister, brother, husband or wife? How can I, how can I fully participate? Well, I can't. So I need to know that forgiveness is necessary or the end of conflict is necessary, co conflict integration. And we can do that. 
In the destination method, we do conflict integration as a matter of course. It's normal for us to do conflict integration. Uh, one of the first conflict integrations we do is the person says, yes, I want to heal, and no, I don't. It's very common when I worked with cancer patients. One, on the one hand, they wanted to heal. On the other hand, they wanted to, to remain ill. Or on the one hand, I want to live. On the other hand, I want to die. These kinds of conflicts are going on with people. And what needs to be addressed is those conflicts, resolve those conflicts. Why? To improve the immune system as a consequence of being happier. Happiness is much better than unhappiness for the body. So... <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's work toward happiness. That it's you know whatever the concept, whatever the results are. I have a question with that in in the sense right now. So we're in the middle, middle of this. I think we're a couple of days into they're starting to shut down gyms and restaurants, and the kids are staying home from school. Yeah, and there, you know, initially there was like, oh my gosh, this is terrible, like that. And I, I sat there and I thought. You know, I go back to the thing. I said, okay, well, everything's, I don't like to, I'm, I'm really lazy. So I, I don't like to, to jump to, um, to judgment on things because let's see how this plays out. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about what was, what's this mean? Or what do I want it to mean? And I was thinking about this great global reframe. Mm -hmm. What if people were forced to stay apart? Mm -hmm. where we're, we're now, every, you know, everybody texts each other, even if they're standing next to each other. Mm. But what if they were forced to stay apart? What if they started to miss actually seeing people and actually craved and started to appreciate what it's like to hug somebody, laugh with somebody? And what yeah. if they ever heard, oh, the kids are coming home from school. What the hell am I going to do now? And, and I thought, well, what if it, was great that you'd sit across the you know the dinner table and you'd actually talk to your kids and what if you had uh game night come back and what if you kind of learned what was going and i thought what if this was a great reframe that's going to kind of bring us back to our values because yeah. you know when we're in the middle of you know panic is mm -hmm. what we're we're doing we can't think straight and so mm -hmm. we're just reacting to, well, how many, how many rolls of toilet paper is the person next to me getting? I have to get just as many. I don't know why, but I have to do it. Right. Um, how would you suggest that, that people reframe to get them so that they're maybe not happy, but at least not panicked about this thing? Is, I mean, there any uh, great well, I mean, there? Certainly. Um, when where there's love there's no fear and if we what i'm thinking about it is how how do i how do i feel better we've been talking about i improve my own life by changing my thoughts changing what i say to myself in my mind's ear changing what i see in my mind's eye beginning to think with an inner smile well i can do that while following the directions that seem to be scientifically supported. While I'm washing my hands, I can be grateful that I have hands. So it's not as though I have to forfeit uh, washing my hands just because I've changed my mind. And it's not as though I have to forfeit changing my mind because I'm washing my hands. It's a, wash my hands, and while I'm washing my hands, 
be grateful for the fact that I can wash my hands, that I have hands, that I've, I'm standing, that I'm standing on my own two feet in front of a sink washing my hands. Isn't this a miracle? Isn't this wonderful? So being happy while doing the necessary things like hand washing, or as you point out, behind all this, you're calling a reframe, it's like there's like the potential gift of this social distancing that people go, begin to long for deeper communion, deeper connection. They go, wait, wait a minute, I, I really, I like to have a lot of fun with this person. I can't have as much fun because they're too far away. I can't wait for that to happen. So it's like, oh, I mean, we're having this conversation and perhaps people are listening to it. They, it we wouldn't have the conversation except for there's, there's this need that's been brought up by the virus and the panic around the virus. So there's a gift behind all suffering. All suffering offers us a gift. All suffering, doesn't matter what it is, whether it's physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. All suffering offers people a gift. And that gift is, generally speaking, worldwide the same, and is compassion. To be able to feel compassion for another person. Compassion means to suffer with another person. Come means with, and, and uh, passion means to suffer. To suffer with, to put myself in the shoes of another person, and to feel their feelings, to have a sense the, uh, of their feelings. I can't feel their feelings exactly, but get a sense of it. Well, that comes as a consequence of suffering. Uh, if there are no suffering, there's going to be no compassion. So compassion is one of the gifts of suffering. What we have to, I think it's a great idea, what you're suggesting, to look for the gifts that are involved in this particular uh, coronavirus uh, thing that's going on and the fear and the panic. Well, what, what can it bring us? Well, we have this conversation about forgiveness. We're, it's really, really important. Maybe somebody in their whole life would never think about uh, internal conflict until now when you and I are talking about it. Well, this is, can be a life-changing piece of information where their lives go along much better. They began to heal things they didn't know were unhealed. Uh, and I, I, of course, I'm, I'm somebody who has spent my life not only studying these things, but the reason I've studied these things was, is to deal with my own emotional life. Uh, that's the only reason I've ever been involved with any of psychology or neurolinguistic programming or spirituality and all that, is to improve the likelihood of my own happiness. That's why I do it. And so we go, well, somebody else might say, well, I never really thought along those lines. I was always, I had many other things to take care of until then. Well, now is, now is the time. No one in the nation is escaping this reality that the local store has less toilet paper than it used to have. So, okay, there are fewer rolls in there. People actually begin to act as though it's an earthquake. They're going to go get toilet paper. There's no earthquake. It's a virus. There's no need for extra toilet paper, but <laughs> it makes people feel like they have some control. They can do something. Well, you, you know, it brings on something interesting because... You know, I'm, I'm sitting here, well, we're both sitting here in Yorba Linda, California, and this is not a poor community. It's not Beverly Hills, but it's a nice community. Yeah. I was sitting here, and then I had my wife call me and tell me, oh, we need this and this. She was getting a little panicky because she was kind of falling into that, that cyclone of energy. Yeah. I said, okay, just give me a list. What do you need? Well, you have to do this and started telling me directions to, to do I said, just give me the list. And, you know, where I'm at, if you go 
about a mile east of us, there's a grocery store all picked over. Um, mm. it, there, there's no toilet paper. And the people that were there said the lights were up. It, it actually had that energy of, it was gloomy and almost scary. Almost, yeah. it was Gotham. It was just like that. I said, well, you know what? I'm going to go to uh, Bristol Farms, which is mm -hmm. right next to me over here. And that's a, like a Whole Foods type of one, so for people that don't know. And it's not far. It's maybe a quarter mile, half mile from the office in the other direction. Mm -hmm. So it's about a, a mile and a half difference from one store to the other. Mm -hmm. I walked into that store. It was pretty much empty mm -hmm. of people. Of people. It was stocked full of food. I got everything that I needed, and I was wondering about what did they just take me up or something? But, <laughs> but it goes back to the belief about, you know, what does this mean? So if, <laughs> if I was to believe social media and the news, I would have thought that all stores were over here, gloom and doom and doom. I didn't. I walked over here, and it was fine. And yeah. I had nice conversations. I met patients that I knew that I saw there and we were talking about stuff. And, and it was, you would not know it from any other day of the week, any other time. So what's that tell you about those, those concepts? It's what we're choosing to believe. And I think like, mm -hmm. I wasn't programmed that everything was going to be dull and out and, and gloomy. Mm -hmm. I had it actually a pretty good time yeah yeah i think what it tells me is that you have the freedom many people don't have the freedom to take a look you investigated you went from one store to another you didn't go into the one come back and say oh that's the end of it i get photographs people send me photographs of empty shelves in various markets uh, around the nation and even internationally but the, in truth there are plenty of stores that are filled with things it's like huh isn't that interesting? What am I paying attention to? I think that's your point. What am I paying attention to? What am I focused on? If, I, if I'm focused on emptiness and absence and focused on fear-based information and keep going over it and over and over and over again in my mind, it will compromise my immune system. Well, it'll dramatically impact my immune system, can very well create something that I don't want. So, and then I share that with somebody else and then somebody else is afraid and they share it back with me. And so what becomes infectious is fear. Now this is not to deny that there's such a thing as a, as a virus, it's a, it happens. People, people get, uh, get those kinds of diseases, but it's like, what do we do to improve our lives since we are human beings? Well, it's not improving our lives to focus on the negative, it doesn't help to continually go over again and again, the internal dialogue, oh my God, what's gonna happen? You know, life is terrible and now I'm gonna die and what about my kids and what about my grandparents? It's, that's not helping. The worry and the, the, uh, the deep, deep uh, fear is not helping. In fact, it's harming. So it's of course important to do things like wash hands and some social distancing and all those things like that, yeah. but. If, we, if I keep myself imprisoned, emotionally imprisoned, then all those physical things are not going to help me out much. They're not gonna help me out much in terms of my own inner happiness. Well, I think that's, that's great. I want, um, one is I, I wanna be uh, respectful of your time. You've, uh, I'm just so great. So for everybody listening, 
I had this idea last night and then I, I, I texted Robert and I said, hey, can you do this? I, I really want to get this information out because people need what you have. And he immediately came back and said, yes, I'm on it. So I really, really appreciate that because yeah. your insights are going to, you're going to impact so many people. Like I said, I've tens and tens of times I've seen you change lives. And it's almost comical at this time in minutes at, at my office. So I, I, if this resonates with anybody, you can, what, where's a good place for them to find you if they want oh, more thanks. information? Uh, they, can, they can call me on my phone. My office phone is 714-577-5717. 714-577-5717. I'm in Southern California, your Belinda. They can also email me. At uh, my email address is Robert, my first name, Robert, R O B E R T, at teloscenter.com. Telos is spelled like telephone, T E L O, then S as in Sam, center, C E N T E R.com. They can email me at Robert at teloscenter.com. They can call me. They can go to my website, which is teloscenter.com. Uh, they could look me up on the internet and uh, find out everything about me through with my middle name. My middle name is spelled D-E-E. -E, so I'm the only Robert D-E-E -E McDonald on the web. You go in there and you will find I have a website. Lizette, my wife, Dr. Lizette and I, uh, we own the Telos Healing Center with the offices in Yorba Linda and also in Laguna Beach. But if people want to call, what we're going to do during this time is we're going to, we're offering uh, half price, 50% off anybody who wants uh -huh. to see us for any kind of issue. We want to make sure, and we can do it through Skype. People don't have to travel. They don't have to come to uh, my offices at all. We can do it through Skype. We can do it uh, through telephone um, coaching and counseling. And, and depending upon what people want to work with. The, you know, the, the, I, I created the destination method, which is based on that the person who knows what they want is the client, not me. So if they tell me what they want and they want to address, for example, we talked about some anxiety, some fears, uh, some grief or some uh, unforgiveness or any other issues, and they want to deal with it, I provide, and my wife provides this kind of coaching that helps people to resolve these issues uh, pretty rapidly. All they have to do is get in touch with us. Well, that's, that's good. So, you know what, I'm going to make, uh, I'm going to put those in the show notes with the links and everything to it. 50% off is... That's a big deal. Yeah, yeah that, is, that is a huge deal. So I want to thank you. Um, so everybody listening, this is Dr. Bill Janishak on the Conquering Stress podcast, uh, our special edition. We're going to start pushing some of these out for you. If you have any questions or comments, just uh, hit that below. You know where to find us. We're in, check us on the notes. Um, this, I tell everybody sh share all my episodes, but this one, especially right now, share this with somebody that you know that needs to hear this information because I am actually bringing the experts to you. And uh, Robert is, well, like I said, if you just Google him, you'll find out um, we are in the presence of a big deal right here. So share this and until next time. Pat, before you go though, I wanna honor what you're doing. You're doing exactly the right thing. Dr. Bill, this is exactly right. This is what the whole community and the nation needs more of this of this possibility bringing in people who are going to talk about this from the heart people who know what they're doing and people who want to help and this is exactly right so my wife dr luzette and i were really happy that you decided to do this and present this because this is exactly what people need we need to come together 
more deeply, more thoroughly as a community uh, of like-minded people with heart and to help, uh, help to resolve the, the unnecessary suffering that's here. Wow. Thank, thanks, thanks for those comments. And like I said, we'll, we'll all join hands in the middle and fight this fight together and get it over. Because main, main function with this is that this is not a fear-based thing. Let's empower ourselves to do the next best thing. And we're going to bring you the experts to do so. So till next time, share this out and we'll catch you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.